made it to uh, episode 20 now. It's exciting stuff. Uh, this is our week four recap or review, whatever you want to call it. It'll be up for Wednesday interference. Nice little little tag we got there. But um, yeah, so we can we want to start off what talking about the Saints since we were just kind of discussing that real quick before we started. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have to. Uh, I mean, that was the main thing. Is Michael Thomas going to play this week? Is he coming back? Well, he was question. I know he was questionable leading up to the game last week, and then uh, so I was excited. I was like, I can put him back in my lineup, hopefully. And then now he was drawing graded out. I think either Saturday or Sunday morning. I don't know. Yeah, they're, um, they're struggling with him. Like this was a comeback to what we were talking about last week with Emmanuel Sanders. He clearly isn't the number two option they were hoping for. Yeah, but I don't. I haven't been watching the games, but is he just like non-existent? Is he too old now? Like, well, I don't know. What's can't do it without Michael Thomas. I think Drew Brees really misses his five-yard inside slant guaranteed like 15 times a game. Like, you can criticize that he Who doesn't run anything else besides the same route, but Drew Brees to Mike Thomas' five-yard in slant is lethal. You can't stop it. And I think Kamara's just taking a whole other step. So, I mean, I still believe in the Saints. Obviously, they were my super pick. Uh, I, just think that, <laughs> I just think that the opinion of Drew Brees is a little bit too high. I think – now we're seeing that the skill players are more important. I think now in Breeze's older uh, older age, um, and now that Michael Thomas and Kamara have matured into like superstar players, I just mm-hmm. think that they're able to carry them. And you know, it's good and bad. You know, I think it's good for the Saints just to know that you know your forty year old quarterback, whatever Breeze is, isn't the you know sole lifeline of your offense. Yeah. And, and to know that you know, hopefully when Thomas comes back, everything will start clicking again. Yeah, I, part of me is I, I like look at the Saints and they're very reminiscent of like what the Cowboys are kind of going through, but not on the extreme level. Mm. Like you look at the Saints defense and they're they were supposed to be like top five and they're just letting people walk over them. Like their best players aren't performing well. But the is, Saints defense doesn't play with like seven players for majority of the game like the Cowboys do. But yeah, but like the Mario Davis has been kind of quiet. Marshawn Lattimore has been kind of quiet. And you look at the Cowboys and like, um, you know, Jan Smith's been not that good for them. And um, Lawrence has been horrible so far. Terrible. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you let Byron. I mean, they weren't going to sign Byron Jones because he wanted so much money, but uh, you, you could tell that they were going to be abysmal in the secondary this year when they really didn't address it that, that well. Uh, I kind of like the corner digs, but uh, he's just been getting burnt. Well, I, like I feel for the guy because he's going yeah. against number one wide receivers every game. As and, a rookie. Yeah, and quarterbacks and coordinators are targeting him. And he's yeah. made some plays. Like, I've seen him mm-hmm. make good plays. But he's also made a lot of bad plays and been on the end of getting burned a lot. Uh, keep going with the Cowboys, though. Their, de- their defense is one of the worst ones I've seen in, you know, like, I, I can't pick them. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, like, on a historically bad, like, what? I think it was like a hundred. I mean, seven points or something. Like you knew the secondary was terrible, and like they get they have been getting torched all year. And then the Browns just go run all over them. Nick Chubb gets hurt, and they don't miss a beat. They just run all over the team. Like you know, they can't stop the pass, and now they're just getting steamrolled in the run game. Yeah, it was Kareem Hunt and some running back who just got off the fishing boat. Apparently. (laughs) Kareem Hunt's looking like my fantasy steal of the year. They really, really excited about that. Yeah, he looks incredible. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they – I mean, OBJ finally uh, 
He's got – so he has four touchdowns on the year now, and the Giants as a team have three touchdowns on offense. So, Yeah, I, uh, I had to start Baker Mayfield in my league because, uh, you know, both my quarterbacks were postponed due to COVID. I had oh, Big nice. Ben and Tannehill. It was I adult. did decently with that. Oh, well, actually, Jarvis threw one. and then Odell. Well, yeah, that was like I was watching <laughs> – I was listening in the beginning, and I'm like, they're like touchdown Odell, like 30-yard bomb. I was like, fantastic. This is great. And then find out Jarvis Landry threw it, and Baker does nothing after that. But Yeah, I had – I had Odell in one league and then Jarvis in another. And I was like, what are the odds that I have two receivers get points for the same touchdown? So. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. I didn't think about that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. But the Cowboys are giving up like, I think I saw last three games, they've given up at least 38 points, which is brutal. Like, yeah. yeah. Like Dak can play as well as he's played. And he, I mean, he had his oh, struggles at times, but he's been. Looks really good. I think they've, they've been scoring points at will. They've had yeah. to, but. I think they've been scoring pretty easily. Yeah, but I, I don't know why they're not – I mean, I feel like this is a McCarthy offense, so they're not going to run the ball, but you got to get Zeke going. Like, he's not looked like himself. Yeah, I mean, their defense stinks, so they're constantly need to throw the ball. Ooh. I think Zeke's, Zeke's made a, um, his plays in the passing game too. That's uh, fine, but I'm saying you, you got to have that – most successful teams have at least a decent balance, you know, and they're just – Well, most successful teams aren't giving up, like, nearly 50 points a game you know whatever the Cowboys are giving up it's yeah. hard to really justify running the ball when you're down by like 21 points by the first half yeah I forget the numbers but this is like the I forget the like it was a percent somebody used but it's like by far the most scoring we've ever seen in the NFL yeah. I, think, I think they're averaging like the winning team's averaging like 28 points or something like that which is far and above what's normal yeah. I don't remember the exact number but I know it's the big numbers. Lack of hey. practice is definitely equate to that. So, Very true. But, um, I wanted to get to, you know, big week. I've got to say, it is, so, it is so sad and disturbing. Like, I was thinking, wow, this week just feels different. It just feels better. I've been stuck in a miserable rut for the last three weeks of my life. I can't, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter that it happens on Sunday and I have the rest of the week to get over it. I'm just miserable until I get more miserable when they lose again. But the Philadelphia Eagles finally got their first win. Huge. I was uh, – I mean, listen, they played the, the backup version of the 49ers, and Nick Mullins is no stud. Uh, I'll get to yeah. him. Yeah, I don't know what you were – you were gassing him up about something because he has the same last name as you. Clearly, athletes don't run in that last name family, so. Yeah, we use an Ian Mullen. Ian Mullen. Oh, okay. That's okay. right, yeah. That's – Fake. Yeah, they, they fell off the family tree a long time ago for a reason. It's like the, e, the eBay Mullen. Sure. Okay. But uh, I was actually kind of impressed that with Wentz. Wentz gave me a new hope. I like that Dougie's, uh, you know, get pressed. But, yeah, he played better. Better, yeah. I'm not saying I'm, you know, suddenly thrilled. But you got to understand, I was thinking that, like, his offensive line is depleted. You know, Peter stunk before he got hurt, but now he's hurt. And now you look at the wide receivers, though. I was thinking, it's like, I remember in the offseason when I was like, we have a track team now. And suddenly we're right back to where we were. Four weeks in the season, we were right back to where we were when we ended last year. Yep. <laughs> I see. I see Deontay Burnett back out there. Yeah. Somehow they play better out there. <laughs> yeah. Whoever wow. Fulgham is, he's out there now. Greg Ward is your number one receiver all over again. Your that track team they brought in is Watkins hurt, Godwin opting out, Jackson uh-huh. getting hurt. At least Hightower's out there, but it's just infuriating when you know, like I can, like I could think of four or five wide receivers that I was excited for them to see this year, and none of them are playing. They uh, when I was watching that that touchdown, 
I saw Wentz, like, I think he scrambled a little bit and then just, like, chucked it deep. I was like, oh, here we go. And then the cameras started panning. I was like, well, he's not – he overthrew him. He's not going to be able to get to it. And then somehow this guy caught it and then tumbled in the end zone. I was like, what, what, what just happened? I was so amazed. That was probably the best <laughs> – that's probably the best play I've seen a Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver make in like at least since 2017. Yeah, and then a couple hours earlier, I saw fucking uh, Aguilar score a touchdown in the end zone, making a strong catch, and I was like, "Oh, nice of you to to, to use your hands yeah. in Oakland, but or Listen, Vegas." But we, we got full, we got full gum. It's all good. Ooh. But I, I did like, <laughs> I did like, you know, Doug mentioned, you know, making it simpler for uh, Carson Wentz, and I do think that it has to go with the fact that there's like six. Uh, offensive coordinators or passing game coordinators or whatever they called. Mm. I hated that they didn't bring in an offensive coordinator. I thought it made no sense because yeah. Doug's got Doug's a Super Bowl winning coach. It's a respected organization. I thought you could get a very smart coach in here. But you think Jim Schwartz was a head coach for a while. Was he successful as a coach? No, but he's a respected defensive mind, good head coach that Doug was able to bring in. I thought he could have done the same thing with the offensive coordinator and he completely missed it when he decided to bring in uh, Morningweg should have never came back to this team. I was never wishing for more morning, morning like that. I forgot he was on this team. Yeah, that's what, I, but like, that's what you mean. Like, what do you expect Carson Wentz to do? Six guys are telling him six different things. I thought the play calling was a lot simpler, more creative. They're putting mm-hmm. Hurts out there more, which they need to. Needs to work on that. Well, that was a bad snap, but listen, two fumbles back-to-back. Yeah, but burning a second-round uh, pick on uh, a quarterback when you have all these injuries, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, whatever, but – Still, no one needed a quarterback in the second round. You need to make him, you know, he's got to start playing more. And yeah. I like that he's seeing more snaps. He has to, to justify not taking a, a position of need. I really wish they would have been able to pull off that quarterback reverse throw because they were trying to. They had Hertz. I think it was what? Carson was outside and Hertz took the snap and then they switched or something. I forget. Yeah. Or no, no, Carson was on the outside left. Wentz or uh, Jalen took it. They both stepped back, and Jalen was supposed to roll out and then throw it back to Wentz, but the D-line blew it up. Yeah, we need something more creative than that from Doug. To yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious. That's like, yeah, but... come on now. Taysom Hill's been doing that for how long now? I, I you know, I, I saw stuff that I'm not going to say I was blown away, but I saw stuff t- to be excited for. A it's little more creative, yeah. Up. Doug was better. I like going for it, too. Be aggressive. I like that. I like the fourth and one play where he was shifting and then ran the quarterback. Oh, that play was – that was awesome. That was awesome. I like that. I like that we're getting more creative. You have to. Yeah. The other thing I noticed is Wentz is moving a lot more. He, he – you know, it's – it'll always be terrifying to watch Wentz run. It just will always be terrifying because you never know if he's going to get hurt. Yes, but watching him throw on the run, he's ten times better than sitting in the pocket. Like, it's night and day. I agree, and this is what you need to do. The other thing that is opening my eyes that seeing him move out more is our wide receivers just can't get open because I'm oh, seeing no. Wentz, you know, For years in now. the pocket, scramble, and he's still holding the ball. There's no one there. He ran. He started tucking and running, and I like that. Um, he's honestly, with the depleted options you have your skill players, he's going to need to tuck and run a little bit more. I like, I like that he's running more and he's being more aggressive. Like he dove for a first down. He, you see when he that was lined up. At, that touchdown run was sweet. That was yeah. Nice. They get a little pump the, uh, during the secondary and just run in. I like Actually, I, I loved when he was out at receiver when Hertz was in and he got like, he was getting a little pushing fight with the corner. I was like, okay, you get a little feisty. I like it. Listen, if you want to, you got you know, do you understand your, your wide receivers are terrible? Um, maybe they've, they haven't run the ball as much as I'd like to see, but 
Wentz and Hurts are, are both mobile quarterbacks. We saw the RPO was successful when you had Foles here. Maybe you need mm-hmm. to bring it down to simple levels like that for Wentz. And in that case, you might be able to get more creative because you have two mobile quarterbacks. I will say, I, I know I was harping on running the ball last episode, but they, I mean, I think Sanders had like 14, 15 carries, but they, like that deal, like San Fran was fucking clogging them. They could not get the run going at all. Like their yeah. linebackers are like Quan Alexander and, and Warner are still strong. So yeah, they Warner's were having a tough time. Warner, yeah. Warner, Warner looked very good. He was good out all there. over the field. But see, I was the, very thing impressed. Is, the thing is, Wentz was still like, he threw, he's still throwing low. Like, he's throwing it the knees of receivers, and Sanders was wide open running across the middle. And yeah, he missed yeah. him so bad. But, I don't know what it is with Sanders. He just loves to just miss him on brutal uh, opportunities. Yeah. But I feel like anytime Sanders has the ball in his hand, he gets at least five yards with, like, a couple, like, blown line plays where he's pushed back. But he's a, he fucking gets his yards. Um, speaking of line – I think actually, you know, the first quarter was a little rough, but Mylotta played pretty solid. He did. I, you he might what? be the starter it's... going forward, honestly, with Peters questionable now with his injuries. If he can keep playing like that, I'll take because it's not like Peters was playing great anyway. This patchwork offensive line actually held together pretty well. Where, you know, I, listen, any game that isn't, what, eight sacks, whatever we gave up to uh, gave up in Washington in week one yeah. is, is an improvement. They really uh, – they're really struggling. Or, you know, they're really depleted. But, you know, they're making do. Um, I liked what we saw from – yeah, I thought the defense made some good splash plays. Nick Mullins uh, definitely helped them. But I also thought Brandon <laughs> Graham played really well. That that interception will uh, – like, that kills me. That was we, I was riding high off that touchdown we scored on offense and then – he turns around and throws it right to the linebacker. I was like, I'll take it. I'll take Beautiful. it. Beautiful. <laughs> but on, but on the, the defense, so I just looked it up. The Eagles are now sitting at number one in the NFL in sacks at 17. Um, wow, really? Yeah. And who's, the, who's the leader on our team? Uh, Graham and Sweat have three each. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, Sweat. I'm awesome. Sweat and Graham are – Sweatsbit looked really nice coming off. Rotation. Sweat Graham and Slay, I would say the only players on defense. That, that I, I, I really liked though what I was seeing from Barnett when he was doing stand up rushing. Yeah, like I was, I was. He was getting aggressive again. He was playing against Trent Williams, and he was getting pressure every play. Like I, I still say, I, I want to see Sweat out there more. I wouldn't mind if going with Sweat and Graham as your starters. I don't know. I've liked Barnett was out the first game, and so these past he has two and a half sacks in three games. So, the rotation's I mean, working pretty well. I mean, and you were you were giving me shit about Malik Jackson, but he played pretty well, yeah, on Sunday too. Well, yeah, he I mean, was getting pressure. He's had some rough games too. The interior yeah. defense line is a whole different issue. Got our first tackle for Hargrave, so that's good. He officially gets his first tackle as a Philadelphia <laughs> Eagle, or first stat of anything. Couldn't have even told you if he was playing uh, any point in the season up until last week. Yeah, but no, yeah. But, so they're they're number one in sacks, and then I mean. Pittsburgh didn't play, so they're kind of skewing this number. But um, so the Eagles through four games are averaging four point two sacks a game, which that's that's good. And I don't know what the pressures or hurries are, but I know they're up there because that San Fran game, <laughs> that fourth quarter, they were in Mullen, and then the other guy's face. Well, the other guy did pretty well though, but they were in Mullen's wow. face that whole quarter. Beathard just so, did exactly what I don't know I what they. You know that's typical Eagles though, like. Something like changes in the other team, brings in a new quarterback, and then all of a sudden they're just getting gashed and gashed. I really thought they were going to catch that Hal Mary in the end, 
And well, I saw I, mean, I saw a picture where there's like three San Francisco players, and George Kittle is like this, and some guy you just mentioned, Darius Slay, had his hand right in front of Kittle's hands, knocking it away. So, I you know, defensively they they get gashed at times, but they've been pretty good, honestly. Like I mean, I don't say pretty good, but they've been they've been solid. Relax. The the, the back, back linebackers are horrible. Secondary has oh, been yeah, they're terrible. Good with the exception of Slay being phenomenal, and then the D line I think has been great. So definitely wouldn't say the secondary has been good. Um, outside of Slay, they've been pretty. You know, I think McLeod's McLeod's always been consistent. It's just although I did Mills actually played pretty well at corner. To be honest, I saw some of his his like targets versus like yards allowed and numbers were really low. So, and Kayvon finally got some time. So, yes. we'll, we'll see what's going on. One-on-one matched up with George Kittle. Welcome to the NFL, right? I can't – what did what did Kittle finish with, like, 18 fucking catches for 180 yards? Did they not have anyone else to throw to? Well, I mean, it was I, kind of CJ Beathard did exactly what you expect them to do. He just yeah, came but, in and just threw it to George Kittle on every play. It was kind of – Nick Mullins did that. He's still in the game. It was kind of infuriating watching because they – they were running – it was like it was like playing someone in Madden. They had one play that's successful, and they ran those same plays. All they were running were, sh- were like, short passes outside and stretching the defense. Like, it was the same – it was like, Kale runs, you know, and out. Caught it, goes upfield. The running back goes on and out, caught it up the field. Like, all they were doing was stretching us. Like, it wasn't even anything special. Because we have no linebackers. Well, yeah. We don't I mean, it was smart on their part, but I'm just saying, like, after a while, you got to figure, okay, they're going to run the same. They're going to George Kittle. Put, like, three people on him. Was, you don't have the talent to stop George Kittle. I don't know why they didn't just do that all game. Yeah, but, yeah I think – yeah, he finished, like, 180 yards or something ridiculous. But That was the one – that was the thing I was most worried about. I was like, Carson had, had, will find uh, any way to get him on any of our linebackers, and we'll be screwed. So, he had, like, 15 of, like, under 80 or something. And then Ertz had four catches for nine yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he was bottled up all game. They had – they had a linebacker and like a safety shadowing him the entire time. So I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? There's no other weapon around him. Oh yeah. Know? I mean, that's the one you take away. Um, but yeah, I, I overall it was like up and down for for Wentz. I would say I'm definitely he's taking the good. He's taking a good step. I think his rating was his rating was like an 81. Um, but I, that one interception, I don't know. I wouldn't realize it was his fault too much. But no fumbles, uh, except for that bad snap by Kelsey. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, I think it's an something improvement. Something to build off of. I mean, this isn't saving the season or anything, but it's something to build on. And they're in first place because the Cowboys. That is unreal. Basically cardboard cutouts just standing there. So. I don't even know if I'll be, like, embarrassed, ashamed, or just, like, happy when we win this division with six wins and the tie being the reason that we end up winning. I think it would be hilarious if we won the division at six, nine, and one, and then beat the first team we play in the in the playoffs. <laughs> for I just this this tie, considering how bad this division is, this tie probably will come back to getting us into the playoffs. Yeah. Which will be I said that. I still hated it when he did it, but it still might come back to just because everyone else sucks in your division. Yeah, but yeah, those are. I think that was a good good point on you. Hey, listen, we got to win. I feel so much better. I tell you, every day has been better. Hey, Phil, it was a it was a win for, for Philly sports across the board. The Sixers signed Doc Rivers. Clentech stepped down as Philly GM. Oh, I love that. Oh. Although, all right, 
what, like this still like this guy has been a terrible GM. You've done nothing but disappoint. So you let him step down on his own accord and then take a new position in the organization. That is the softest way of firing someone I've ever seen in my entire life. First off, I don't want him in the organization. The guy clearly failed at everything he tried to do, and he's a horrible GM. Why would I want him anywhere near my front office to influence other horrific decisions? Where did he even come from? Wasn't he with the minor league team or something? He was with the uh, the, the Giants. Oh, the Angels. That's right. Yeah, the, the just the class of front office uh, personnel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I just. I was. I, I'm. Listen. I'm glad he's not the GM anymore. I just thought that was the softest firing, not firing I've ever seen. Speaking of firings and GMs, um, oh, Mr. We'll Bill. Get, oh, 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 okay. Um, let's get to. Uh, let's get. I want to know how my record was because I feel like you probably beat me again, which I don't like. But we usually don't do the record till later. But um, yeah, I. Let's see. I went. <clears throat> so I'm going to eliminate Titan Steelers because obviously they need to play. Fair enough. Um, so I went 12 and two uh, Texans and 49ers lost. So that was my mess up. And you actually went 11 three, uh, but you had Texans, mm-hmm. Niners and um, Cardinals. No, wait, hold on. I also had the Cardinals losing. So we both went 11 three. Oh, so now you make me question all the other weeks. Jesus. Oh, sorry. There's a smudge over that. Uh, got it wrong. We have Maybe the same exact it. picks. I think we did. Oh no! You know what it was? Okay. Well, I just missed that game entirely, so I lied. You were. Um, so I was twelve and three. You were eleven and four, because I picked the Browns and you picked the Cowboys. Mm. Um, but then we both were wrong on Niners, Texans, Cardinals. So I just need to fix that again. Who the Cardinals play again? Uh, uh, Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater outperformed Kyler. Yeah, I. You know what, that, Mike Davis. I'm very surprised. Like he's just, I just didn't like the offense ran through McCaffrey, and I just thought it was because it was McCaffrey that they were able to do that. But now they've missed. Mike Davis came out of nowhere, and suddenly he's McCaffrey level running back. Like I just thought McCaffrey I'm, I'm was ex- doing stuff that only I'm- he could do. I I picked him up on my fantasy team, and he's gotten me like twenty points each week. So I'm I'm I hope McCaffrey takes a nice vacation. <laughs> Good considering. Um, let me see what are the games. Oh, you know one thing I did want to get to. Yes. Because he looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and are we, are, that are we breaking into Buc- Tim Studs and Duds? Is what we're doing here? Oh, uh, not yet. Not yet. I like okay. to tease you a little bit longer. A little tease. Um, there was one other the one other game because I don't have any studs or duds on the game, but uh. The Chargers game, man, Justin Herbert is a baller. He had a nice deep ball, uh, took a shot, and delivered it beautifully down the field, right on point. Um, he Great pocket presence. Took, took some hits and was able to deliver some balls. I, I thought he looked great. I was very impressed with how he played. He, he didn't win, but, you know, he jumped out to a good lead. And all it makes me think is, as I saw the uh, Flores announce that Fitzpatrick's going to be a starter again, is I don't know what the Dolphins are waiting for. Like, yeah, I actually that, matter, and we care about them now, and they might have a chance of winning games because they have Justin Herbert out there. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. He should be playing Tua. He he's was what he played for Nick Saban in like a pro style offense in Alabama since he was a true freshman. This guy's ready to go. You, the Dolphins, I don't, I didn't think look awful against Seahawks. Their defense looks impressive. They Dolphins haven't looked bad all year. They just 
can't win games. Fitzpatrick didn't look good, but I think that's where I think that's the biggest weakness. Is He's got five touchdowns to six interceptions. Yeah. See, so. I just think that, like, and I mentioned this before, with no fans, you need to get the rookie quarterback out there. It's an easier easier moment for them. I think excel. You're seeing Herbert just do much better than I think anyone could expect him to do. I mean, I was a big, big I, I really liked watching Tua in college, and I thought he was going to be a better pro prospect. And I thought Herbert was going to be more of an average starting quarterback. But so far, he looks he's much impressive. better than I, mean, I thought. Yeah. He hasn't won the games, but, you know, that will come with the experience. He also won against some pretty good teams and Chiefs. And, and the yeah, box. he has a pretty good wide receiver out there getting toe-tap sideline catches in Keenan Allen, who you uh, – Think is not that good, but that's okay. I never said that. I said, I don't hate. <laughs> but no, it just made me think as I saw it today. I'm like, I don't know what you're waiting for. Like, don't you want a little excitement? I know you're in you're you're in this rebuild, but you're year two. You got some players out there. Like, I think they have some talent. No, offensively, they're a decent running back. I don't. Forward. Yeah, but they. I just saw Jordan um, Jordan Howard's carries, and he they're not even giving him the ball. Like, why did you give him like a decent contract if you're not going to give him the ball? You know, I know the other guys are starter now, but at least split the carries. But I mean, I think they just want to do a community approach. I mean, they traded to go get Breda and Gaskins to look good. So yeah, Breda gets even less carries, I think, than Howard. So I don't know. All right. Well, let me see. Let me give you give you what you've been wanting for. Um, Tim studs and studs. All right, so where do we start? We start with the bum. We start with the duds. Or the always, stud? always start with the duds. Okay, that'll be fun. All right, so any Eagles make this list? No, 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 not a one. If they win, I'm not going to put them on there. <laughs> if they lose, I'll put all three out there again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one, this one, granted, was a, was an easy picking. Uh, that's why I made him the third one. Okay, uh, but you talk about a rough week, man. Team lost a brutal game. Uh, definitely one you, they should have won. Uh, you're off to an 0 4 start. You not only get, you not only lose one job, but you're technically fired from two jobs. He gets fired from head coach and general manager. Yep. To be fair, giving the general manager was a grave mistake. And I think that's ultimately what got him fired because I don't think he's really that bad of a coach. I think he's a horrible GM. Agreed. But, uh, you know, I, you get fired in week four. And you've brought your, you've won the division. I, I think he's won like the last three of four or five or whatever. He um, he he's won four division titles in six years. I saw that. Yeah, and it's pretty tough. I know they're on four, but this was definitely, I think, a reaction that was coming due to all these horrific uh, general manager decisions. I mean, he traded D Hop away for like a bag of Cheez-Its. So yeah, but it's not even just that. It's you look at the the, the train wrecks of it. It was obviously the Hopkins one was bad. Trading away two first-round picks to get Laramie Tunsil and sign him to a ridiculously outrageous big contract, and then your offense line still being a problem. Like, they still can't protect Watson. But they went away and traded two first-round picks and gave him the biggest contract to an offense line in history. Like, you can't just tie all those assets up into that and still have a problem in the offense line. It would, it would be really interesting if the Texans and the Dolphins finished as the two worst teams in the league, and then the Dolphins had back-to-back like first and second round pick, like I mean that reminds me of you know what that was the Billy Bill O'Brien did that one too when uh, the Browns took uh, had two in the top five they had one and four oh yeah Edgar Watson got hurt but that was to get Watson so you can let it go but yeah my first my uh, third star or his third dud third star yeah I I 
I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, so he was like, he was hired to be the coach transitioned to being the coach and the GM started making questionable, you know, rosters changes, traded away good players. Who does that sound like? Oh, wait, Chip Kelly. And except for, I made me think I was like Chip Kelly. I remember was doing all these bonehead trades. He gave away LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso, who did nothing for this Eagles team. He was always hurt. Then he traded away Nick Foles for Sam Bradford. And horrific. Let Jackson go. Cut Deshaun Jackson because he had gang ties. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, remember that? They're like spread the rumor that he might have been like murdered someone. So, like, oh, all right. Well, at least we got out of that. I think not in jail or anything come up from that. I think the only coach that can really handle being a coach and GM is I think Belichick has GM powers, if I'm not mistaken. No, of course. But I just, it, yeah, other coaches just, I mean, well, too much. it's too much. There's really two separate titles, you know? I, I th- it's kind of a shame, too, because I do think O'Brien's a good coach. And he is I, a good coach. You know, I, he might get another starting gig, honestly, but they'll, they'll tell him no GM role. You're just. Coach. I don't think he wants to be a GM anymore. Why would you? <laughs> like it's hard to really kill the guy like they made him gm like they ne- they didn't go out and go hire someone new like i you, you know someone had to take over it and yeah tough it reminded me of uh my boy george o'leary he was the ucf coach built us up to you know great prestige with blake bortles and everything and then he took over the athletic director role or as as he was being the head coach of the, the football team and then the team just started sucking, of course, because he's got to worry about every other sport. Like, why does my football coach have to care about the women's lacrosse team or, you know, the men's cross-country team? Like, he mm-hmm. should only care about the football team. I just – I think Bill O'Brien got over his head, and I think it started to – you know, obviously giving away good players is going to hurt your on-field pr- production, but, you yeah. know, maybe it even started hurting the locker room. I think he lost the locker room through the general manager uh, mistakes. I think – who was it? J.J. Uh, Watt? I think was the one who's saying, you know, we need, we need changes. Yeah. And then the, an hour later, say if Bill O'Brien's gone. <laughs> so it's pretty tough. I mean, to be I fair, mean, Romeo, think... Romeo Cornell steps in now and the parent of the players are really happy about that. They he's like Mr. He's Mr. Interim head coach. I feel like he's honestly, still yeah. Him and Bengals, Browns, like bears, I think at one point. Are you feeling with the chiefs or for... probably <laughs> yeah, I, it's crazy. He's, I feel like he's always that interim guy just waiting. But yeah, that's our that's our uh, our first stud. Okay, moving on to another one. Well, if he was at number three, this should be interesting. Well, I didn't want to put him up. I could have put him higher, but the man got fired from two jobs this week. That'd be just you know insult injury. Oh, so you were being nice to him, Casey? Listen, I'm a good person. Okay. Um. So the next guy, uh, I saw a lot of him this week actually, and uh, not gonna lie, I didn't have the bar set high for him anyway. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone did, but he really. Even though that bar was set really low, still managed to just not ugh, meet it at all. Uh, through two brutal interceptions, one he just was a perfect pass to the linebacker, and as he scampered in for a brutal pick six, which probably cost you the game. You weren't really going against a you know 1985 Bears defense and the Eagles either, yeah. and he struggled mentally. And then the cherry on top was him getting pulled and then seeing them move the ball and C.J. Breathard immediately having success. Doing what, I, you know, I think anyone could have told you would have been a good pregame decision would just throw the ball to George Kittle. And for some reason, Nick Mullins couldn't get that done. And uh, the fact that Bertha was able to come in and just start, you know, get the drives going and look good out there, 
Nick, Nick Mullins is my uh, second dud. Like I, uh, I said, the bar wasn't very high, but he like just clearly was way too short of that that bar. Yeah, I was talking to um, Nick, who's been on our show a couple of times, and I know he's a loyal listener, so he'll he'll hear this bit. But he, we were talking about like on Thursday or Friday, and he's like, I think you know Nick Mullins is a is a good starting you know quarterback. He's doing well, you know, he's playing in and like up to that point, he was playing well. So I wasn't going to bash him, but I'm like, yeah, but he's a reason he hasn't been a starter before, you know, there's, he's not that good. Um, and then he just, and then it just did not look good. I mean, credit the D line was getting pressure on him all game, but even still, he just, he looks like scared the whole time, unless that's just his face. But he, I mean, I won't kill the guy. He's a backup quarterback for a reason. It's just, what really did it for him is seeing Beathard come in there and immediately start having success. Like he, like the Eagles defense isn't really that great. Like we've been beaten up by a couple other offenses that weren't that great. Yeah. Um, it's not like you can't score on us even with a back quarterback. They have weapons. Samuel um, played. Kittle obviously played. Ayuk was out there. I do agree that I thought our defense line, uh, DNs in particular, made it very difficult for him. But McKinnon, you know, was out there. He had a decent game, but. Nick, if Nick Mullins doesn't throw the pick six in particular, but just plays a little bit better, doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much, that's an easy Niners win. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. So, But you, you got to put him as second dud. You never like to see a backup quarterback as a second dud, but I feel like I think Beathard succeed after he went in sacrifice it. Fair enough. Uh, my next Who's dud. Number one dud. So this is – this one could definitely be a group effort. I picked him because he is the uh, – well, he's the highest paid defensive player on this team. He has done absolutely nothing this year. He's got eight tackles and zero sacks through four games. His team defense has given up 146 points this season. That's about 37 in a game, which is just absurdly bad. Um so, like I said, you could have made this a team effort if you wanted to, but I picked him because he's just, you know, the highest paid, and he particularly has done nothing, especially considering you're seeing Alden Smith have success, who hasn't played in the league in, what, four years beforehand? And why is Alden Smith having success and you can't do anything? He's got five sacks, I think, leading yeah. the league. Yeah, he's – like, it's just it's just amazing that, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence, my number one stud, is making the, the most on that entire defense. But I can't even – like, what, three, four times more than um, Alden Smith probably? And he's just completely, completely outplayed by a guy who hasn't played in years. Um, very disappointed. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Marcus Lawrence, especially because these games are shootouts. Like, yeah. everyone's passing, and you still can't get a sack. But there's a reason Alden Smith has five, and you can't get, zero, you can't get nothing. You're averaging two tackles a game, and that's it. That's pretty bad. Um, you, you gotta, he's one of the defensive guys. Like you obviously said, they let Jones go, but they kept mm-hmm. Jalen Smith. They kept Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, and he's just, you got to put it on the stars and he's done him in particular has done nothing and it's affecting them because, you know, quarterbacks have plenty of time to torch that, uh, awful secondary because he can't get a rush on. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was either Marcus Spears or some other ESPN analyst who was saying that it looked like Cowboys defensive players were just like giving up. Like they just had no no heart, no desire to fight, um, which is like it, that. If you're giving up 38 points the last three games, you know, each 
you know, that's, that's pointing to something beyond just a lack of talent. Even bad defenses don't get punished like that. So oh, yeah, it's just 37 a game is, is unexcusable. Yeah, it's that's just That's awful. Historically bad. Oh, yeah. And you know what? You got to put it on the blame on your best players. And he has done absolutely nothing. And the funny part is their pass defense is like 31st to 32nd in the league. And they got gashed on the run. Cleveland had like 300 rushing yards or something like that. Or yeah. two, 250, I forget what it was. But they relentless. Yeah. Which is good. That's what Cleveland should be doing. That's what their strength is. And even Baker actually looks pretty good. Um, making some good throws on the run. He's, a li- he's still a little, like, jumpy for some reason. I don't know if that's just how his- he plays. But, um, yeah, I thought they played well. And OBJ finally had a nice game for, yeah, you know. I mean, that's – if you're a Browns fan, you like to see that. You know, if you can get oh, yeah. him, definitely talent. But, um, all right, start with my studs. Get to the good stuff. All righty. My third stud. Um, Huge win for this team. They needed this to honestly save the season. They needed this. Uh, good effort all around, mostly him. Um, I mentioned this in the last episode about him, actually, in particular. He should become more of a focal point of the offense. Mm. Um, you know, I think Stefanski leaving really kind of clouded their offensive game plan. Like, he made what Kirk Cousins looked good because he knew how to, you know, take the pressure away from him and run his offense through a superstar running back. And Dalvin Cook had a little game, 130, had two touchdowns. Um, he added, you know, a couple, two, two receptions. Mm-hmm. But uh, 27 carries, that's, that's, that's a big number for, you know, 4-8 average. Oh, they're pounding him into the ground. He's had, like, what, over 100 each game or almost all three games? So. Well, because you have to. You know, Kirk Cousins, they better realize that Kirk Cousins is not going to, you know, lead your offense. This is going to have to go through John Cook and Kirk Cousins make his plays when, when they're available, uh, running off play action and everything. But, you know, they needed to win, and he came out and played like a superstar, like he is. And, um, yeah, I don't think the Texans are a great team. I don't think their defense is that great either. And if, you know, what you're Should've. hearing is true. Yeah. If you're what's true is that Bell O'Brien lost the locker room, like, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Then, I, you know, I don't know how much fight they had. But impressive win, big win. I didn't think they were, you know, I was – when they needed to save their season, he was pretty much the biggest part of that. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna down Cook my third star. Fair enough. Before you it was get between to him that. and Mixon, two superstar big number running backs. But I gave credit. I thought the Texans are a little bit better than Jaguars, so I gave credit to that one. Okay, fair enough. Who's your number two stud or stud? So number two stud. This guy came out of literally nowhere. I didn't hear of him until you know last night. Um, oh, he had a big game, 98 yards, three tutties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the biggest part that actually put him at the stud list is, surprisingly, he is tied for the league lead with five uh, receiving touchdowns. Him and Mike Evans are tied for the league lead in uh, receiving touchdowns. Really? Shocking Mike Evans right has now. five touchdowns already? Okay, so Mike Evans and my dude are tied, and you're surprised by Mike Evans? Yeah, I feel like he's – I thought he was kind of quiet so far. Maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. I'm just shocked that between Robert Tanyan and Mike Evans, you're surprised that Mike Evans is leading. No, I'm, no I'm surprised because I thought Mike Evans was having a kind of slow year so far because I don't think he's got that high of receiving yards so far. Well, see, that's because you're not clued in. He's been getting the red zone targets. I know that. So it makes sense. You're not clued in with the league and, you know, 
on your football knowledge like oh, I am. Oh, okay, okay. I can't wa- – I'm sorry I can't watch all 32 teams at See, once. like I said, this is my free master class I'm giving you. <laughs> You're welcome. I can't believe through 20 episodes I haven't charged you a single thing. It's a charity work I'm doing out here. I should put uh-huh. it on my taxes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so like I was saying, Robert Tanyan, uh, big-bodied uh, Green Bay tight end. Aaron Rodgers looked great in that game, but Tanyan – and. <sighs> It was kind of easy pickings, man. That Falcons, that Falcons secondary is pretty rough, and they had some injuries. I feel like their secondary has been hurt every single year since the Super Bowl, um, and they just abused him. And he was just having his way. Made some good plays. Three touchdowns is the big number. Um, most he gave the, I gave him this stud because he's leading the league in uh, touchdown receptions, and who knows if he's ever going to be leading the league in his in touchdown receptions in his career again. Yeah, that's true. It's not, not a big-name guy, but you never know. He's coming point. out. I thought he had a good breakout party. He was on national TV. Um, he's apparently boys with George Kittle, so we'll see. Robert Tiny, though, he's my, my second stud. He's putting his name out there. He could be a real good player. It's exciting. Um, yeah, I, I, I was playing against Rodgers in my one league, and um, I had Pat Mahomes going earlier, so I needed – um, Rodgers to basically throw like no touchdowns, and then he threw like what three. So, mm-hmm. needless to say, I lost. But yeah, against the Atlanta Falcons defense, that's a, that's a yeah. So I mean, I don't know how you feel, but in my opinion, we got what MVP race right now is Russell Rodgers and Josh Allen. Is that what we're working with right now? Mm, Russell's still. Yeah, Russell's still a, a good two steps ahead of both of them. But, yeah, I could, I could say it's between those three for right now. Yeah. But I, I do think Russell's um, – I think Allen will tap it. out. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll slow down a bit. Um, I don't, I'm impressed with the but, kid. I, oh, yeah, he's a great player. Steph Diggs, I've been preaching all offseason, was going to be the best, uh, you know, free agent signing by any team. And yeah. he's looked great. Leads the league in receiving yards, I believe, still after this week. Yeah, we say this every week, you know. Uh, I said he was a steal in fantasy, and other all these ESPN people were saying he's going to be a bust, and then we both agreed that I think I had I had him in my top ten receivers. I think when we did that back in June, um, but yeah, I he's I, I'm going to get to that after you're done with your studs, but he's leading the league in receiving yards right now. So hey, I like the Bills. The Bills are a good team. Yeah, they, uh, they're good they're offense. Good. Guys. Honestly, they're like Brown. Um, Diggs and uh, what's the white guy's name? I forget. Beasley. Beasley, yeah. That's like a nice little trio that kind of complements each other. Plus, that I their defense is good. They shut down uh, Jacobs. Man, he really didn't do anything. I mean, think about how like, fast those three receivers are too. And Josh Allen's got a cannon. So. Same. Yeah. Listen. All right. What's your number Not one? Very accurate, but they're fast enough to go <laughs> get it wherever he's throwing it. He made a great one-on-one catch in that, that game with the Raiders. Yeah. So, all right, my number one guy, um, this is a guy that actually didn't make my top 10 list when we uh, did his positional ranking okay. um, in the offseason. Had an amazing game. I honestly got to say, he had the most impressive play that I actually saw of the weekend. Uh, okay. he, he was all over the place. I want to say he finished with three touchdowns, if I'm correct. Um, mm. One of them – the most impressive player, the, the the reverse that he took right towards the end of the game, that and they needed that touchdown. I thought this was a minus fifteen yard loss, <laughs> easily. Like he was getting the handoff, or like with a defensive guy in front of him. Like he was right there waiting for him. He backtracks like five more yards and just does what I, you know. 
what I've seen, I haven't seen in a while. It's been a couple of years, but when he's on, that run was prime Odell. And I got to say, his open field just – Oh, he's smooth. Quickness. Oh, he's, he's smooth. so smooth. That's why I was like – I watched him search. I'm like, I don't see where this – like, there's no way. And it's just yeah. going. No one was getting there. And he's moving. He's shaking. And he's so smooth. He looks like an antelope sprinting through the, you know, Serengeti. <laughs> Had a beautiful ball from his boy, Landry, with a hell of a spiral. That thing was tight, too. Mm-hmm. He feasted on a very bad – obviously, we got to them. We beat them up, so I'll let him go. A very bad uh, Cowboys secondary. But yeah. you can't take the credit away from him. I, I believe it was the three touchdowns he finished with. Um, mm-hmm. a ca- two receiving and a rushing. Yeah, he had 81 yards. But, the, you know, five or six, well, yards, they were the big plays that he had. It well, was he the had, big playability. He had seven touches for 150, though. Because he had, well, yeah. like, two rushes for, like, 80 yards or something. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. That's what – this is, it, when Odell's at his best, mm-hmm. is he's just he's, just get the ball a, in his hands. Exactly, he's a get of the ball in his play because you don't have to worry about his attitude. Just give him the ball. I'll say, I know I had him really high. I think I had him at what five on our receiver list, which I think is still too high for him based on how he's he played the first three games. I, I'd probably move him borderline top ten still, but I, if he can, if they can get him the ball like that in space and let him just run like an antelope, like you said. You know, obviously not like me, like a gazelle, but antelopes are pretty, pretty quick too. Uh, I specifically didn't mention it, but no, I mean, <laughs> if I'm the Browns, I'm for Modell, and that's what you were waiting for yeah. uh, when you, when you traded to go get them. And uh, yeah, listen, that's some, it's a very big win for them. Uh, they could build off a three and one. I don't know when the last time the Browns were three and one. Yeah, I, we were, I mean, I remember, I don't remember what position we were talking about, um, but we were discussing like the Browns and how, you know, their line looks like it might come together. Chubb and Kareem. Their line's nice, very good. Their offensive nice line has been random. And I think it was you I, that was excited about the coach. And they've been creative on offense, running the ball extremely well. They're averaging like 200 yards a game, which is insane. Or two, yeah, 204.5 rush yards per game. And even better, their turnover differential is plus six or minus six, yeah. whatever it is. But, so when's the last time you could say the Cleveland Browns had a great offseason? They yeah. they went and got a smart coach, and they turned their offensive line into a bad unit to a juggernaut. Like, they hit. They, Willis looks good. Conklin's been a stud. It's a very good offensive line. They're running all over people. And it looks like Stefanski's offense is hitting on all cylinders. It looks great. Uh, you know, Odell's looking like he was years ago when he was at his prime. And mm-hmm. let's say he looked like he was having fun, too. You can keep him happy. He's pretty good. It's just, you know, he's – Go, go sour quickly but yeah i'll give them my stud mostly because i gotta say that reverse was so smooth i i, I, I uh i just watching the play i was like i i still can't believe how this happened i almost thought about i have an obj browns jersey and i almost thought about wearing it for the game it was funny i i was talking to my my one friend who's a he's a giants fan and he was a big obj fan and obviously they trade him so he's super upset but he uh i was telling him i was like Never in my life did I think I would jump off my couch and yell, go Odell, go, like he did on that reverse. And I was like, I was never so happy to say I'm a fan of Odell right now because he was busting on the Cowboys, and I was very happy. They needed that too. Yeah. So, Um, um, All right, so those are my studs and duds. What are we – anything else? Yeah, I I just want to do kind of we're at the quarter. I think we're – yeah. Four games in. Um, just want to look at our offensive leaders so far. Um, 
So like we were talking about already, Cowboys defense is abysmal. Um, and Dak Prescott's been pretty – he's played pretty well. Um, but a lot of his yardage is kind of catching up, which, you know, it is what it is. But he's leading the league in passing with thousand six, almost, almost 1,700 yards by four games. It seems kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, then Josh Please. Allen, 1,300. Russ, 1,200. Matt Ryan is always top five passing, and their team is always bad. Um, and then Rodgers at five. Um, rushing, the guy you were just talking about, Devin Cook, 424 yards already in four games. Um, Aaron Jones, who, you know what? We, we, we were kind of gave him, like, the benefit of the doubt with those 19 touchdowns he had last year. And we were like, yeah, he's a good running back, but he's, he's playing legit. really well he's this legit. year. He looked really good um, uh, for the Packers this year. Yeah, he's got 374 yards. And then Chubb, who's now going to be out for four to six weeks, um, at these, we was, he was sent at 335 yards, so he could have been leading for all we know. Um, and then Derrick Henry is literally that Titans offense, and he's, I think he has like a 3.8 like per carry average just because of how much they're giving him the ball. Um, oh, yeah, then, talk about a guy they're going to run into the ground. That's yeah. the best offense. I mean, his body can probably handle it. Um, yeah. And then Joe Mixon at number five, who had a phenomenal game. Um, and then receiving, like I said, Stephon Diggs. Setting that well, actually, Stephon Diggs and DK Metcalf are tied for first somehow, both with 403 yards exactly. Um, Mari Cooper coming in with 401 and third, and then D Hop 397. Can you guess who number five is in receiving yards? It's kind of surprising. Uh, I'll give you five? a hint. He's 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 plays in the NFC. I want to say it's. I want to say it's probably someone on the Seahawks or the Rams. Uh, I'll go with a surprise guess. I'll say Metcalf. I already said I said Metcalf was tied for first. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I meant Lockett. Lockett? No. Yeah. So, Damn. 387 receiving yards is Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team. Mm. Okay, I'm not sure where he's getting those yards, but apparently he has them. So interesting. I just figured, yeah. like Seattle's offense has been nice. I was like, you know what? They probably do have two top five wide receivers. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, and then like I said, um, so actually, oh, so actually, Alden Smith is now he has four sacks. Um, but your boys, the Darius Smith of the Packers, has five. Well, he just and, had three last night. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was making some plays. And Miles Garrett has five sacks too, and he's looked great all year. Um, yeah, honestly, Houston uh, is still cooking. he's up there too. Houston, I think he had at least a sack. I want to say he might even have two. This well, he's at three and a half, and then Akeem Hicks is three and a half. But then, like I said, Graham and Sweat also have three. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, what do we think for our picks? Um, you want to get into the schedule? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I meant like picks for next week. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, okay. we covered everything else, didn't we? <laughs> should we do power rankings first, or should we do the picks? Oh, you know what? Yeah, 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 you're right. You didn't finish. I forgot we talked about it, but we didn't finish. All right, okay. go ahead. I'll let you have your spot. So, uh, moving on to our power rankings. Uh, some, not, not as big a shuffle as last week, but uh, week five power rankings. We got Saints uh, coming in at number 10, and then we have the Patriots at nine. Um, like we said, like I was telling you earlier, I think their defense is still playing really well. Even without Cam, they, you take away that defensive touchdown that the Chiefs scored, and that was a 
They only gave a, what, 19 points to that offense? It's pretty good. Um, Rams at number eight. Uh, granted, they haven't played the best teams, but they look solid all around. Good defense, good offense. Uh, Titans at seven, Steelers at six. They were supposed to play each other, then had COVID issues. Um, so they had a basically a bye week. Um, so we just slotted them back one. And then our top five rounds out with the Bills. 4-0, continue to look really good. Um, yeah, Ravens, only lost to the Chiefs. Every other game, they've looked good. Uh, number three, the Seahawks. Um, we, And then number two, the Packers. So my reasoning behind that was thinking, honestly, the Packers' defense has played better than the Seahawks' defense. And Rodgers yeah, is working with less. So – um and they're you know they have a better running back who's healthy right now so i'd give them a slight edge um and then chiefs are number one well what you can't go wrong with the super bowl champ and patty mahomes and yeah they would even go back but the afc is really just like now the bills are in the like uh in that conversation they're just super top heavy like you're gonna have yeah. i would say the steelers chiefs ravens and then i'll put the bills in there now mm-hmm. outside of that man i roll the dice you could say anyone's in the playoffs yeah do you trust Patriots to keep, to keep it going with, with the, you know, just Cam Newton on offense. Do you think the Browns are legit? Uh, I mean. The Colts defense is playing crazy right now. That's true. They're, they're not, you know, they didn't score much this week, but their, their defense is pretty amazing. Like, yeah. it could be any of them. I mean, it, if Herbert keeps going, if the schedule gets a little easier, picks up some good wins, uh, you know, who knows? The Raiders are still in the conversation. That's the other thing I mentioned with the Dolphins. Get Fitzpatrick together. Put two out there. Because if he if he catches, you know, if the kid's got something, you could actually have a shot. Make, you know, make a chance at a wild card. Like yeah. outside of the top four teams, this is wide open. I agree. So, um, so then we're gonna move on to our week five picks. Uh as the standings are right now, the I'm leading, of course, uh with forty eight and fifteen record overall, which is pretty good. And Tim also a very good record, forty-two and twenty-one. So we're we're killing it so far, I would say. By six games. Yeah. That's interesting. I need to close this gap. All right, let's start it off. All right, so uh, start with the one o'clock game, or actually, let's start with the Thursday game, Super Bowl rematch, Big Dick Nick and Tom Brady. <laughs> so oh, Bucks wow. and okay, yeah, Bucks that that took me a second to figure. <laughs> out. I can tell you were a little confused. Then. <laughs> when you said Super Bowl rematch, I was like, who? Um, okay, I kind of like that game. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know are, what? Are you, really, are you really thinking about this? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, give me the Buccaneers. Okay, I'll just say the, the, the Bears did not look good against the Colts, they did not. They did not. You know, the one guy that was in talks for a dud was Dave Montgomery. I think he had like 27 yards, maybe he only had 10 carries. But after Tyree Cohen hurt, gets hurt, you expect a little bit more. The offense for the Bears didn't do much in all, at all in general, but. You know, the guy had an opportunity and just did nothing with it. Well, they got rid of him be- – or they got rid of Jordan Howard because Montgomery's supposed to be the next guy. And Don't look like it. Hmm? All right. uh, so, first, we got our 1 o'clock games on Sunday. So, we got uh, Rams and the Washington football team. Why does it – I feel like they've already played, but I guess they played some other bad NFC East team. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I don't think it's too um, much of a, of a thought. Yeah, that's yeah. I was like, I was considering the upset. But I was like, I haven't sold too far. Um, this should be a good one. Uh, undefeated Buffalo versus undefeated Tennessee. Um, uh, I'm still riding Buffalo. I think they're still going to keep cooking. Hmm. I want to say Buffalo too, but I also don't want to go with what you said. 
just, you know, I'm just well, I'll just pick the team that should win every time, and you can pick the team that's going to lose, and then I'll definitely get ahead of the know, standings. I'll, I'll spice it up because the Titans. Uh, are, well, they've had two weeks prepare for this since. The, well, I guess true. not two weeks, but you know, uh, yeah, they're all off for a week. But I guess they also haven't been able to practice. It could be fresh. Nah, you know, I'll give me the Bills. I'm not going to take the team. Hey, I don't even know. You know, this team's littered with Corona. You think they're going to win a football game? They're just littered. I don't even know who's going to be out there. Littered with Corona. Oh, this is a, another interesting game. Uh, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I almost said Pirates for some reason. Um, I think it's, it was good luck that we picked against them. So, honestly, I'm going to take Steelers, again, uh, Steelers for this week. Yeah, I just uh, – Plus, I still don't have full confidence in them, so. I think the Steelers are a pretty good team. Um, I am scared for Wentz's life. Um, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree are going to be – and Cameron Hayward are going to be a big problem against this backup offensive line. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, praying yeah. that Although Wentz makes it, it could, through. could be good. Maybe he's like, all right, I'm just going to run a lot and scramble out the pocket and make those crazy throws. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of worried now. Uh, yeah, I definitely think he's going to do a lot of running. So I think we can agree on that. Um, at Side, least you know, Sideways, not vertical running. but Yeah, it, the game's in Pittsburgh, so he doesn't have to do a lot of traveling afterwards. So when he's yeah. broken and beat her, you know, he doesn't have to get on a long flight. So that's at least a positive. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm worried for Wentz's safety this week. Uh, we'll see what this offensive line does. But I'm, I'm going to take the Steelers. I will say, so they play Pittsburgh this week, and then the next week they play Baltimore. If they can take one of those games, that's a, like one out of two. That's good. That's a good sign for me. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Arizona at the Jets. Is this when the Jets finally get their first win of the season? Um, I don't think so. You probably would. Mm. You know, you've always been a big Jets supporter. But I'm going to take Arizona. Yeah, no, I'm also going to take Arizona. Um, Plus, they what back? Did they lose back to back games? Uh, Lions and um, Panthers. Probably. So yeah, yeah, they need to get back on their. their Arizona's their a weird team. I don't, they are. I don't know. They about that. Not much. consistent. Like, are they any good? Their defense isn't isn't really good at all. Their defense um, is okay. Um, their wide receivers are good, their but then Kenyon. Their line's not good, I and mean, Kenyon Drake's been pretty quiet so yeah I, I thought if they had a like i didn't think the defense was gonna be that good but i was like you know what maybe if they just score enough um they can hang in some games get some wins but uh they really yeah drake's been a disappointment they really don't yeah. run the ball well the offense line's you know not very good at all but uh yeah i'll take the cardinals anyway it's it's still the jets um vegas raiders at the chiefs now this is this is tough Honestly, I think this could be this. This would be my upset of the week. Um, You're gonna pull the trigger. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll pull the trigger. I'm gonna take the Raiders to beat the Chiefs. Fair enough. Uh, I'll let you have your upset, so I'll take the Chiefs. Okay. I gotta. I, just, I gotta sprinkle in Dakota's upset of the week. So, so that's where we're, we're going. Yeah. But catchy. Dakota's upset of the week. I am. I'm not upset this week though, because I get to watch ESPN and Good Morning Football without seeing Eagles pain. So, I'm telling you, it's a better week when they win. It's oh. sad and depressing that the Eagles control this much of my emotions, but it's so true. Like I, I want to say, like they don't. Like, I feel like the ex that you keep telling yourself you don't think about it anymore, but like, 
NFC East is combined. I would never stop. NFC East has a combined three and three twelve and one record. That's good stuff. And who's in sole possession of first place, baby? Birds. That's All cool. right. Uh, another abysmal game. Uh, Jacksonville at Houston. Um, does do they? I think you know what. I think coming off coach comes out yeah yeah i think they're gonna come out some fire i'll take i have a feeling that when when your star players are openly coming out and saying that the locker room was lost i think it was pretty bad i don't think that you know everyone ripped bill Bryan about those uh horrible trades but i'm pretty sure that locker room wasn't thrilled about uh losing deandre hopkins either (laughs) yeah that was bad so uh, you're taking texans uh yeah i think they they fight for the new coach and then next we have Cincinnati at Baltimore. Does Joe Burrow make his magic? Mm. Back-to-back wins for Joey B? No. I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, I'd probably take the Ravens. A lot of, a lot of one-sided you know, games. Here. Yeah, last, the last two weeks were pretty um, – there were a lot more closer games. This one's like all blowouts. Yeah. Um, what is this one? Uh, we got Carolina at the Falcons. This is an interesting game. Carolina's been very up and down, and the Falcons have been the Falcons. So, uh, I don't – they didn't look that good against the Packers, though, honestly. The Falcons are getting onto that Jets status where I just can't pick them. Because even if they were up by, like, three touchdowns, I still wouldn't feel confident in them winning. Uh, I'll, you know what, I'll – I'm going to go Panthers. I'm going to go Panthers. I was going to say, even though I just said they're close to Jet status, I think they come out and fight a little bit. I think that talent-wise, they are the better team. Um, Yeah, they do have talent. Whether the Falcons even have any fight left in them, uh, that's to be seen. I mean, I don't think the Panthers have a defense that the Atlanta can't score on. Um, You know, if you're going to say who's going to score more points on a bad defense, Teddy Bridgewater or Matt Ryan, (laughs) I'll go with the Falcons. Um, then we have 49ers and the Miami Dolphins. Um, hmm. you know what? <laughs> Even though I've been begging for Tua, Fitzmagic will probably win another game. Well, is Garoppolo playing? I, not that I know of. I don't think he's playing either. I'll, I'll take the Dolphins. If I was a Miami fan, man, I'd want Tua. And I, I could see Fitzmagic winning one more game against a bat, you know, a team that's got a ton of injuries and you know, keeping Tua on that bench for no apparent reason. I'm gonna take the Niners to bounce back. They have they're they're really hurt, but they have their talent, I think, will will help them bounce back here. Um if Bathard plays well, but who knows? Um so this will be a this this will be a good game to gauge the Cowboys. So it's the Giants at the Cowboys. Like if the Cowboys blow out the Giants, then they'll look good. But if it's a no, close no, game, no, 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 no. Even if the Cowboys go out and blow out the Giants, I don't suddenly forget all the other nonsense. Oh no, no. But I'm saying that if they win like thirty-five to ten, they'll look like oh they were just playing good teams and their defense was collapsing against good teams versus. You know, they can't beat anyone. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. See, this is the Giants. I do expect them to beat the Giants by, thir- you know, 35 to 10. Um, if they didn't, then I would be disappointed. 
I'm taking the Cowboys. The Giants are a horrible team. They're not good at all. I, there's, you know, but if the Cowboys blow out the Giants, it will not change my mind at all about them. I will not be. I'm, I'm expecting it. I will also be taking the Cowboys. Um, Colts at the Browns. Hmm. I, you know, hmm. That's an interesting are, game. Well, you already said that you expect the Browns to lose, even though you didn't even know who they were playing. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Browns. I think that they got some good mojo going. Mm. I think, you know, Odell's really feeling himself now. Kareem Hunt obviously has proved that they're not going to miss Nick Chubb. I mean, they'll miss him, but he's more than capable of handling the um, running back duties. And, you know, the Colts defense is good, but I still think the Browns are going to be able to score some points, and I don't think Phil Burgess is going to be able to do much against the Browns defense. I think the Browns have played better against better opponents than the Colts have against bad opponents. So I'm going to take the Browns too. So you're saying the Browns are a bad opponent? No, no, no. The Colts, they, they what? They lost to the Jags, and then they beat, like, who? The Bears? I think they played – did they play the Giants? Yeah. Oh, they beat the Jets, I think. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It doesn't sound like you know who they played. I mean, I'm not a Colts fan, but let me see real quick. I don't, I don't know. I'm, their defense has played well, but I just, I'm, I just they beat, feel like. They beat the Vikings, they beat the Jets, and they beat the Bears. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's, the Vikings are a weird team right now, but. Those other teams you should have handled easily. So yeah, I'm gonna. To be fair, they played. They played like all right. To be fair, they played four bad teams, Mm -hmm. Um, and I still would probably say that. Well, the Jets are probably the worst, but the Jaguars were probably the the worst team of the four, and that's who they lost to. Yeah, but yeah, I'm taking. I'll take the Browns. Uh, Then we got Denver at New England. Um, Apparently, somehow, uh, if Cam Newton somehow beats the virus by Friday or Saturday, he's allowed to play, which. I don't I fully think, expect him to play. Yeah, which, I don't know. The NFL is a little wonky with this whole COVID. I mean, they sent a plane filled with COVID players to <laughs> to Kansas City. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll take the Pats regardless because the Denver's on, what, like their eighth starting quarterback now. So Yeah. Do you think it's a coincidence that the only quarterback in the NFL to have COVID is Cam Newton? I'm just saying when <laughs> – you know, the divisional round playoffs come around and the Patriots are playing like Baltimore and someone shows up with a shady coronavirus pizza at Lamar Jackson's door. Bill Belichick doesn't have to worry about Cam Newton getting no coronavirus. Just wait now. I'm affected by week six so that he can now go infect his opposing teams uh, and not risk his players getting it. I just think, you know, the man's playing chess. That's all. His quarterback's going to be clear and free from the coronavirus and it's, already, it's only week four. Belichick's playing chess and opponents are playing checkers. I guess that's what we're dealing with. Coronavirus is just another weapon Bill Belichick can use to gain advantage. Not even – I'm honestly not even surprised. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll take the Patriots. Yeah, same. And then uh, the Sunday night game, which is Vikings at Seattle. Um, mm. Because of Seattle's defense, uh, I think this game will be surprisingly close. Um, but I'm still going to take the Seahawks to win. I'm hearing some silence over there. Is, that, is there some pondering? I, just, I was thinking, I don't know. I kind of think a high-scoring game is um, coming from these two. I'll take I mean, it could still be high-scoring, but I'm just saying it's going to be a close score. Fair enough. I'll take the Seahawks, though. Okay. 
And then our Monday night game is the Chargers at the Saints. Um, yeah, I still don't know what Michael Thomas is doing, if he's going to play or not. Um, you know what? I'm betting that Michael Thomas doesn't play. I'm going Justin Herbert. Give me the Chargers. All right. Um, Feeling bold. If I'll, everyone I'll else picks the Lions for no apparent reason, uh, I feel okay with getting the Chargers. I'll take the Saints. Um, I think Breeze looked a little better, and Kamara's a monster. Um, Fair enough. So. All right, well, those are our picks for the week. Um, let me I forget who's on. Oh, so Packers and Lions are on the bye already. So the week four or week five starts the buys. So. Okay. Well, Any uh, final thoughts? Uh, or are we just looking forward to uh, Eagles loss again? <laughs> hey, we, we're coming off a win. Give, okay. give, us, give us a chance. I just, I just worry for Carson Wentz's safety. Um, after this I love this this different Wentz now where he's not afraid to run, not afraid to die. I mean, he looks kind of like, like a malfunctioning robot when he runs, but I think it's because his knees. It's, it's just repaired, so weird but... run. Every time I watch Carson Wentz run, I'm like cheering, but also like crying on the inside. He's like, like he's I... like one of those kids at recess who like doesn't know how to stop. So he just kind of like falls forward. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I feel like watching Wentz. But... Yeah. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm pretty tired, so I'm a little bit. Fair enough. Yep. Um, so good talks. Looking forward to some a couple of blowout games potentially, but a couple of good games this week. So be interesting to see what yeah. happens. Listen, well, so if the if the Eagles can continue to show me some promise, and this is a game where I can like say if, if they look good, um, I could still feel positive even if they don't win. I agree. But I have to see them like I they're they're legit going against the best defense in football. So I am worried for Wentz's safety. But if they can look like if they can put some drives together and look like they're capable of scoring against a very good defense, I will be very, I will be impressed. That's something I can you know build off of. Yeah, I mean keep the balance and keep Carson's. I mean I think he had like less than thirty pass attempts, so keep those numbers down. Get Miles the ball. We'll see. We'll see. The best. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we got the Dodgers and Padres on here. All righty. Yeah. All right. Good talk. I'll see you. I'll talk to you.